right. <laughs> Getting things right and in order here. Here we go on a Sunday morning in Las Vegas. Just after 8 o'clock, I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We are here live same time every Sunday morning on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights. We are coming to you live from the Wisden, a.k.a. Spencer's Studio in Las Vegas, located basically at the 95 and Jones Boulevard. Uh, we are here because we have been booted from the Fox Sports Residential Bancorp Studio until further notice due to COVID. Uh, I say, Spencer, I'm messing it up now. I, it, it, At this point, it's just like it, it's just like it's COVID automatic. protocol. It's just automatic. I shouldn't even have to say anything anymore. One of these days that will change. I, I'm hearing in not, the not so distant future. But joining me on the show, as you just heard, is social media director Spencer the Wiz Ostrovsky. Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. Yes, Spencer is the only former intern and current social media director in the country with his own theme music. Social distancing back in the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio producer, Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing a number of shows at Lotus Broadcasting, is also the locker room reporter for the Vegas Gold Knights Radio Network. And he is the home pre-game show host for UNLV football on our sister station, ESPN The Leader. This show is also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. The page is called Outline. That's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. And you can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, the handle at Adeline Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio line is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. Tap is brought to you by title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you currently own, Residential Bank Corp is the company to turn to for all your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp, funding America one neighborhood at a time, now offering $2,500 free to everyone and anyone who qualifies for a home purchase loan in the state of Nevada. Call 702-964-5720 for more information on tap. Got a special one for you today. The Sunday before Thanksgiving, we'll start with the Vegas Golden Knights. They've won again last night, and they've now gone 9-3 and three since going 1-4 and four to start the season. Pretty impressive. Hey, Marcus Arroyo almost, almost got his third win in a row after starting his coaching career at UNLV 0-14, uh, but they fell short to San Diego State on Friday night. Also, the running Rebels, man, uh, started their season pretty strong. 3-0, and had to face one of the powerhouses in the country, Michigan, in um, the main event that's going on here in Las Vegas, a basketball tournament. Matter of fact, today at, I believe, 6.30, Michigan will play Arizona for the championship of that event. Both teams 4-0. Good game. And then the nightcap tonight, the consolation game between UNLV and Wichita State. I never thought I'd say this a year ago, but that promises to be a really good, exciting game, as was the venue Friday night. Had a great time out at T-Mobile Arena. Good, real good place for basketball. And joining us, speaking of college basketball, Dave Odom, former college coach, now the chair for the Maui Classic which is uh, the 2020 Maui Classic being held in Vegas for the second time in uh, second uh, season in a row, and obviously for obvious reasons. But a lot of great teams here. Hey, Vegas is the basketball mecca, at least for the next two weeks. We're going to have number one and number two Gonzaga playing UCLA here coming up in a couple of days, and you definitely don't want to miss that in your town. And then real special for me, my cousin Mike Shear diagnosed back in February of 2019 
with ALS uh, still with us and mentally doing great uh, physically. Obviously, that disease takes a tremendous toll on you and uh, uh, typically and usually catastrophic results. Mike is, uh, is, is joining us today with his family, his wife, Sherry, his son, Matt, will also be joining us. And Mike formed a lifelong friendship in college with an ex my Dolphin, great Western Michigan, retired his number, Hall of Famer as far as the uh, minimum, um, the the MAC conference goes. But uh, John Offerdahl will be joining the show, also one of Mike's dear friends, and we are going to be talking about a GoFundMe opportunity called Sheer Strong. And I say opportunity because it is an opportunity at this giving time of year, the time we all give thanks to help out. Stick around for that as well. Also, the Raiders once again playing Cincinnati Bengals tonight. They've lost their last two straight. Uh, We'll see what Spencer and Mags have to say about their chances a little bit later on in the show. And, of course, we'll talk about Week 11 in the NFL, time permitting. That's what's on tap if you are looking to buy a home to refinance or the home you currently own. You can check out uh, Residential Bank Corp., a company you can trust, funding America one neighbor at a time. And, again, they're giving away $2,500 towards your closing costs if you qualify for a purchase loan in the state of Nevada. Uh, again, call 702 964 Five seven two zero. Spence, get right into it. Hit cap. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. Referee caught up in the wash. Hey, broke a stick on the chance. But Janmark scores! Matthias Janmark has his first of the season. And the Golden Knights have the lead for the first time tonight. Puck down, and that's it. What a homestand for the Golden Knights. They go 5-1. And, and a cup from behind 3-2 win over the Blue Jackets tonight. 3-2 big win over the Columbus Blue Jacks, especially in Chris uh, back in studio. Um, big win, and especially the way the game started. I mean, barely they barely uh, had the face-off, and the Blue Jackets were up one to nothing. Uh, shorthanded goal came a little bit later on, and it didn't look good. And then the Golden Knights turned up the, the gas like they have been and uh, scored three unanswered goals. Keegan Kolasar gets his first goal of the year. Matias Yanmark gets his first goal of the year. And... Um, a big and Riley Smith, man, another shorthanded goal. He's the only player to have him second one of the season. Uh, they look pretty damn good, Chris, coming back in that game last night. Yeah, it, it, it seemed to kind of be like the uh, the mantra of the homestand. They they would play. I don't want to say a bad first period, but they would be outplayed in the first period multiple times, fighting themselves down a, a goal or two at the end of that period, and then over the remaining forty minutes, they were in most cases, the better team, obviously against Carolina, it didn't work out, but look, you come home and you go five and one on a homestand that comes on the heels of winning two games on the road. You know, you're, you're seven and one in your last eight games, especially considering this team started out one and four. They're now 11 and seven on the season. You can do the math. They've won what? 10 out of their last 13 games. I mean, it, it, it goes without saying that Pete DeBoer has done a masterful job, um, you know, getting these guys to, to, to buy in to the not panic, uh, you know, situation because this team very easily could have panicked after the one and four start with all the injuries that they face. And they're still dealing with injuries, you know, 
Shea Theodore goes down against Carolina in, in, in the third period. He hasn't played in the last two games. Jonathan Marcheseau test positive for COVID. He hasn't played in the last few games. Will Carrier injured, then test positive for COVID. This all during the homestand, and that comes on the heels of not having Max Pacioretty, not having William Carlson, not having Alec Martinez, who, who uh, suffered a, a pretty nasty cut in one of the earlier games in this homestand. He didn't play for a majority of the homestand. I, I, I Look, I, I, I said it the other day on the VGK Insider Show, I think there's a lot of teams right now around the league that were kind of hoping that everything that's happened with the Golden Knights would have derailed their season, and at this point they would have more of a Seattle Kraken record as opposed to being in a playoff spot. This team is only going to get better as the season progresses because you are you had Max Pacioretty. He was on the ice skating yesterday. He didn't play, but he was he was he was practicing with the team. Mark Stone inserted back into the lineup during this homestand. William Carlson isn't that far away. Then the only piece you, you, you add into the mix is a guy who's one of the elite players in the NHL and Jack Eichel, and you're thinking, okay, we're going to have, hopefully, knock on wood, a full complement of players sans Jack Eichel until the All-Star break slash Olympic break, and then we really can see what this team is capable of following that break because the, the timeline for Eichel is probably somewhere around early February, maybe after the All-Star slash Olympic break, he'll be back in the lineup. I, I mean, Brian, I, I was one of those people who really thought that this team would have a difficult time overcoming what they they had gone through in the early part of the season. Look, we're almost a quarter way into the season, and the fact that with everything this team has faced – they are in a playoff spot. If I'm Edmonton, if I'm Calgary, if I'm the Wild, if I'm the Jets, I'm saying to myself, how on earth did this team not get buried? I mean, I, they're not afraid of the Golden Knights. That's obviously not what I'm saying. But there's certainly going to be a lot of concern in the Western Conference with how well this team has played, given everything that they've been up against. Oh, there's no question about it. I, I think we're all happily surprised that the Golden Knights have turned it around without some of their their top-tier players, Chris, and, and there's no question about it. When everyone is healthy, this team is one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, and they are very star-studded. I'm looking forward to seeing what goes on the rest of the way. As we know, the Vegas Golden Knights from day one in their first season have proved to be one of the most resilient teams in the National Hockey League. They continue to do so, man. It's really cool. And I know if you see, Chris, I'm wearing, and this is because my cousin's coming on the show, I'm wearing my old-school Detroit D sweatshirt, and I've got, I've never worn this. My son bought it a couple years ago, and I've kept it in my closet, my original six hockey hat with the original six team on it, of course, on this side here. The Detroit Red Wings, one of those six teams. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Golden Knights will be doing. Uh, they, go, they take to the road for two games. they got St. Louis tomorrow, and then I think Wednesday they're in Nashville. And the Golden Knights, I think, are just going to keep rolling. And what's really cool is the goaltending. Uh, not a lot of time, so we'll talk about this more next week. But, again, it's looking like, uh, based on what I saw last night, the Golden Knights have two goaltenders that can get the job done. Bruce could have been could have gone in the tank after giving up the first two goals. And I'll tell you what, if you watch the game 
from top to bottom. He made some incredible goals and saves as well as uh, there's no question that uh, Columbus played great as well. And their, their net minder couldn't have been any better. Listen, moving on quickly, I want to talk about UNLV. A lot of stuff going on. Both of you guys, UNLV alumni, we talk about it all the time. No question, I bagged on Marcus Arroyo a lot. Not so much for his coaching ability because I can't gauge that in a, in a year and a half last year with a pandemic shortened season and what's gone on this year. But when you go 0-14 to start as a head coach, you have the facilities and Basically, you're talking about UNLV and all that they've put into this football program over the the past couple of years to start building it. We didn't really see that, but in the last three games, there's no question we saw improvement, and they just played a top 25 team. San Diego State, who may be overrated, they've been in every game, it seems like everyone's played them well, but they only lost by eight points in this game, and a lot of people thought this was going to be a blowout, that Marcus Arroyo got his two wins this season, that would be it. Hey, they, get, they took San Diego State right to the wire, Spencer you got to give them credit for that. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, hopefully the program is going, like, in the right direction. you got to appreciate what you saw, the product on the on the um, field. Uh, but, you know, losing shouldn't be the standard at all. And it's kind of sad that it feels like it is at this point, right? We're like, wow, that was a good loss. There are technically no good losses, but, you know, it is what it is. You sound like me, Spencer. I mean, the bottom line is, is that, you know, he won two games, and you're right. You know, I'm still repulsed over them dumping a bucket of water on him after winning his first game after 14 straight losses. I thought he shouldn't like that, and he should go in the locker room and say, guys, come on, man, you don't dump a bucket of water on a coach for winning a football game on a really bad team. Enough that being said, they got a chance, one more chance against Air Force Friday night in the season, or since a Friday late afternoon in the season finale. Air Force, a real tough team. They're probably probably going to end up playing San Diego State for the Mountain West crown. Um, UNLV is going to have a tough road to haul to play Air Force this week. I don't see them winning it. I, matter of fact, I don't see it being a close game. I think they've played a lot of close games. I think this is going to be a real tough one to even hang in the game up there in Palo Alto. It's going to be tough to, for them to uh, not. But anyways, it's going to be tough for that. Listen, also, UNLV basketball. Chris and I went to the game Friday night. We saw both those games. And, Chris, I got to tell you, man, I have not been this enthusiastic about UNLV basketball in a while. They have some really talented players. A lot of us thought when Kevin Kruger was able to retain Bryce Hamilton, that was going to be the big deal. Well, it turns out there's some other players, some transfers that have really gelled this team together and they look like a seasoned basketball team. I mean, a 13-point loss to Michigan and especially the way they lost, nothing to hang your head at, right? Yeah, Brian, I mean, look, they Kevin Kruger's done a pretty good job so far. You know, we're only four games in, but I'll tell you, you, you mentioned Bryce Hamilton and and he, he certainly had, I mean, you look at the numbers, maybe you're like, yeah, his shooting percentage wasn't all that great against Michigan, but the reality is he kind of kept them in the game at times, and, and that's a that's a really good Michigan team. I know they lost to Seton Hall, but they've got a couple of, I, I, I think they've got a couple of uh, first-round NBA picks on that roster, Diabate being one, and I think their point guard, King, is, is another. But um, I'll tell you, Brian, the, the one guy on UNLV that I've been really, really impressed with is Donovan Williams. Uh, you know, he he's a guy who's unbelievably athletic. He's explosive. And and I think he transferred from 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 Texas, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, you know, he's the guy. And, and Royce Ham as well. The two of them have been really formidable. Uh, Royce Ham, of course, comes up with that big block to preserve the victory against North Dakota State. But. Donovan Williams is a guy who, who, who so far early on, I've been like, you know what? 
this guy is is a really good college basketball player. Uh, I'm not in the business of predicting whether or not he'll be in the NBA. I mean, I know I just said that about the two Michigan kids, but I'm using someone else's opinion on that. But I, I'll be honest, man. I I'm excited for the remainder of the season. Look, they've got they've got a Cupcake City game coming up this week, and then you know they've got another they, they they've got a couple more big games, especially uh, uh, UCLA, which is next Saturday at the Thomas and Mac. It's an early start too. It's it's a day game. I think it's a two o'clock tip off, but. Uh, UCLA, another one of those teams where, where I think Kevin Kruger will really be able to gauge where his program is at. But you and I were in that press conference after the game. And the one thing that I really took away from that is the compliments that Jawan Howard and the players from Michigan paid towards this UNLV program. This is Michigan's a top five team, and they showed an awful lot of respect towards UNLV and what Kevin Kruger is doing. Look, I, I, I'm really excited for the remainder of the season. And, and as an alum, as a guy who got to see Kevin Kruger play when he was here with the Rebels, as a guy who traveled on the road with the team when they went on their NCAA tournament run, I hope for nothing but the best from this guy because he he, he really seems like he was born to do this job. And, you know, he, he's, he's in tune. You could tell his players love him, his players care about him, and his players are giving it all for him. Look, Friday night, that was just a case of Michigan just being a better team than UNLV. But I don't think for a second that you could say that Michigan worked harder or played harder than that Rebel team because those guys left it all out on the court Friday night. There were several times they they got down by double digits right at like the 10 point mark and then they reeled them back in played some good defense Michigan might have missed a shot or two and UNLV reeled them back in and kept it competitive the entire game I agree Donovan Williams absolutely fun to watch and I also like Michael Nuga as well I really like this team coming together I like the the nucleus of it and no question I think we all wish Kevin Kruger nothing but success I'm just still waiting to see Lon show up at a game I haven't seen him yet in the stands but maybe in the near future but if if you want to see how good this UNLV team is or or at least how exciting they are, check them out tonight, man. I believe it's a nine, uh, 8.30 or 8.30 tonight, something like that, Spence. Look it up. UNLV is going to be playing Wichita State tonight. Of course, the main event is going to be U of M in Arizona, and I believe that game starts at 6 o'clock, 6.30. It's going to be a great game. I'm really excited. Two undefeated teams, two nationally ranked teams, and two teams that could both potentially make a run in the NCAA tournament this year, so I like it a lot. What time's the game? It looks like it's at 9 o'clock. It is at 9 o'clock tonight. UNLV, Wichita State, that's a T-Mobile arena. Their seat's available. Get out there. Talking about basketball right now, let's bring them on. I don't want to wait anymore. We're about a minute late, and I, I apologize, Coach, but former coach um, and currently the chair for the Jim Maui Classic, or I should say Jim Maui Invitational, which is taking place starting tomorrow here in Las Vegas. Some great teams in town. You got Texas A&M, Wisconsin, Butler, Houston, Oregon, and Chaminade, which of course is in Hawaii, and St. Mary's and Notre Dame, all part of this tournament, playing down to a championship at the end of the week. And joining us now, Dave Odom. Dave, thanks for joining the show, and thanks for your patience, man. No, it's my pleasure. I enjoyed listening to you guys uh, chatter back and forth about uh, UNLV. It's kind of scary. My son is now the head basketball coach at Utah State, and they play UNLV. So I got a little uh, verbal scouting report from you guys. Looks like they're on the way back, and I'm happy for them. Kevin Kruger is a nice, nice young man who's going to be a great coach, no doubt about it. 
Yeah, we're, we are, We are. I can say, optimistic and excited. Spencer shaking his head yes. Ch- uh, Chris Chapman back in studio, both UNLV alum. And I haven't seen either one of them this enthusiastic about a UNLV major sport in a few years. And it's kind of nice to see. I hope that resonates on the campus and to the students so we can start seeing them pack the MAC again. Because the Thomas and Mac Center is the beautiful facility i think one of the nicer facilities in the country and it's a shame the last couple of years that that place has been desolate you can't use COVID as an excuse because it was desolate before the COVID outbreak so i'm hoping that this team and kevin kruger restore some life into this unlv team and of course a story program that jerry tarkanian built you built a couple programs yourself of course uh dave odom a former head coach at east carolina wake forest in south carolina i gotta ask you dave does it require you to live in maui to be the tournament chair there <laughs> no but it helps the, the people <laughs> of maui are so so uh loving i mean they just embrace you every time we come over there we're disappointed we're not in maui but we're delighted that we're here in uh las vegas uh, the people here in Las Vegas uh, embrace basketball, and they they certainly uh, have been the great hosts that we knew they would be, and we're excited about our games, which begin tomorrow. Uh, we've got practices today. All eight teams are in. We had meetings last night. The coaches are uh, excited. They've got a lot of fans coming in. You know, as much as we'd like to be in Maui, I think we're going to have probably more fans in the arena, uh, the Michelob Ultra Arena, uh, than we would if we were in Maui because we just got bigger and more people and it's easier to get to. And and we do have some uh, tickets for sale. And uh, the people here in Las Vegas, if they want to, uh, and I would encourage them to do that, they can go online. Uh, that would be the uh, MauiInvitational.com if they want to pick up tickets uh, online. If they want to walk up uh, to the box office, they can get that. They can go right up and buy them there. We're going to have big crowds. And we're going to have great basketball, and we encourage all the people here in the Las Vegas area to come and share it with us. No, Michelob Ultra Arena, it's really cool, great venue. And you're right, there will be a lot of people here, a lot of interest. Uh, And thanks to Terrence Parker, we're actually giving away a couple of tickets after the show. Uh, Call into the studio, 876-1340. I'm going to take a look at all the people that called, and we're just going to randomly pick two people that are going to win a pair of tickets. And that is good for all of the games at the Jim uh, Maui Classic. Looking really forward to that. Uh, And, Coach, again, living in Maui is pretty cool. The tournament we're honored to have it here in Vegas. I know that. What are you expecting as far as these teams that you've got there? Cause you've got some pretty darn good ones. Who's your favorite to win the tournament? Well, uh, you know, when I, when I did the pairings, I looked at it and I said, well, you know, we've got, uh, Oregon, we've got Notre Dame, we've got Houston. Um, uh, I don't know. They'd probably throw another team or two in there. As, Wisconsin, as, Texas, Wisconsin, A&M. yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just talking to the coaches last night, listening to them talk, I asked uh, Dana Altman, who's the uh, Oregon coach, I said, what happened against BYU? David, don't worry about it. He said, I've already talked to our team about that. That will not happen again. We're going to be playing very, very good basketball uh, in the tournament. Uh, so I, I look at Oregon as being a team that's going to have to be dealt with by all of the teams. Uh, I think uh, Notre Dame that was here four years ago and won the tournament over in Maui. Uh, Mike Bray always has his team ready to play uh, when when it's game time and when the championship is on the line. So I think they're a team. But the team that you got to watch is Houston. Yep. 
Houston uh, in the top five last year, even though they lost three or four of their starters. Kelvin Sampson has uh, recruited well. He told me the other day he was very pleased. He said, you can't have a great team unless they practice well. His team practices well. So I, I would say Houston right now is maybe uh, everyone's choice to uh, get to the finals and possibly even win it. Man, I was going to try to throw one past you. That's my pick to win it. I agree. Calvin Sampson has done a great job, and I don't think there's been ex- that much this much excitement in the Houston basketball program since Guy Lewis was the coach there. They were five slamma jamma. I mean, this Houston team is legit. They can play with anyone in the country, and you're exactly right. They're a lot of fun. They they get out well in transition. This should be a great tournament. It all starts tomorrow. The the Maui Jim Maui Invitational, hosted again by Chaminade. Of course, we're here in. Hawaii. It's at the Michelob Ultra Center, which is in the Mandalay Bay Event Center. Check it out. First game tomorrow, Texas A&M, Wisconsin at 9 a.m. You've got Butler playing Houston at 11.30, Oregon and Chaminade at 4 o'clock, and then the the, the final game, which is the, the day cap, I should say, at 6.30, is going to be St. Mary's and Notre Dame. Winners and losers brackets, they'll play down to a champion um, that will be on the, uh, t- I believe, the 24th coming up at the end of the week. Looking real, real forward to this. And Coach, we'll see you out there really appreciate you joining the show and we'll be giving a couple of tickets away and i'll be there for as many games as i can get to i'm looking for you now you make sure you're there believe me i i gotta get to know you i need a friend in maui because when i visit i need a place to stay i mean a hamburger is like 300 dollars there so i'm gonna need a place to stay when i go to maui (laughs) you got it man just get there get the people in there again uh mauiinvitational.com and walk-up tickets are available Absolutely. Check it out. Again, starts tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. And uh, looking forward to it. I got a party to go to tonight, man, over at the Four Seasons, which I'm looking real forward to before I head over to the main event um, at T-Mobile Arena. Once again, uh, Coach Dave Odom, we appreciate him, former coach, East Carolina, Wake Forest and South Carolina, and the current chairperson for the Maui Jimmy. Put this event together. We really appreciate you, Coach, and we'll talk to you again soon. My pleasure, guys. All right, man. Let's, uh, Spencer, let's get right to it now. Something I've been looking forward to all week. Uh, matter of fact, since we started planning this about two weeks ago, um, just a little, little prelude into this. Uh, my cousin, Mike um, Shear, lives down in Tampa, Florida. Now we're both from uh, Detroit, West Bloomfield, Michigan's kind of where we both grew up. And um, Mike has been, uh, we were extremely close as younger, uh, when we were younger kids. And, um, We've remained close in a different way. It's not like Mike and I talk all the time. I'll bet there's been time where two or three years have gone by where we haven't spoken or seen each other. Then we'll we'll see each other at a holiday party or somehow we'll end up talking. And it's like um, it's it's one of those pe- people in relationships. Like we, I just saw him yesterday, and uh, you know I say a lot of good things about a lot of good people. I try to be a nice guy in the world that I live in. So sometimes they overstate it, you know. But in this case, I'm not. Um, Mike is one of the most selfless and uh, amazing people I've ever met in my life. Taught me so much. And if you, I want to be honest and, and to tell Mike something before I bring him on. Um, part of the reason I got into sports is he inspired me when I was a little kid. Mike just knew everything. He knew all the players' names. He knew how to pronounce them. He knew the teams, especially baseball. He was just really good. And I tried to hang with him, and I would pretend, and and, and there was just no hanging with Mike. He knew it. He he loved sports, and his love of sports continued through his life. A huge Detroit Tigers fan, Lions, Red Wings. Mike's a, a Detroit fan. Uh, he's been in Florida for a few years, so I know there's a little bit of transitioning where I know that they've been cheering for the lightning and probably the other teams down there as well but i know at heart which is why i'm wearing the tiger shirt mike is a detroit fan all that being said in february of 2019 
Mike was diagnosed with ALS. Um, I knew this was going to be tough to get through. And uh, Mike, um, you know, he's just the kind of guy where his spirit just just never wavered. And Mike has been battling and was going to battle for everyone in his family and and has to this point and uh, is still with us. Um, uh, the, 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 the cruelest thing about ALS is it it attacks your body and it, it, it withers it and destroys it while it leaves your mind completely intact. So you're, you're, you're aware of everything and you talk to people and it, it's wonderful to still have Mike fully here in that way. And we do. And joining us now on uh, StreamYard and on the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp studio line is my cousin, Mike Shear, his wife, Sherry Shear, his son, Matt Shear. And Mike had a very special relationship that he formed in college. It's a great story on how they met, which I'm going to let them tell in a little bit. Um, but a guy that turned out to be one hell of a professional football player, uh, one of the best players probably ever at his position in uh, the Mid-American Conference, played at Western Michigan and ended up playing for the Miami Dolphins, and that's John Offerdahl, and he's joining the show as well. Guys, I don't even know where to start. I appreciate you all being on the show. And um, Matt, uh, maybe start with you to talk for Mike. How's everything going down there in Florida? Uh, what kind of day are you having? It's, is it a nice day down there? Uh, it's pretty nice. Uh, I know, like on the computer, it says we got rain uh, starting soon. But uh, yeah, we're I think we're having a good day. And Dad's up. He's he's smiling. He he's loving that he's on your show. So he, he's excited. Oh, well, I'm I'm happy about it. There, you guys are. Uh, you know, we um. Okay, hold on one second. Something happened with my computer. Let me just fix this. I think I got it taken care of, Spence. Okay, but. Uh, Starting off, I want to hear about this relationship. If we can get John and John on their split screen as well. And uh, starting off, I want to hear John maybe talk about how you met Mike. I had never heard the story. And matter of fact, in all these years, you guys have been great friends. I've never had the opportunity to meet you, but I have heard nothing but incredible things about you as a person. Obviously, I knew all about you as a player. But talk about you and Mike initially meeting and how you guys met. Sure. Well, first of all, it's great to be on your show, Bren. And, uh, Mike, good to see you again uh, and the family, Matt, Sherry. So Mike and I, uh, our, the, our first encounter was of my freshman year in college. He came to Western Michigan from uh, Detroit and I came to Western Michigan on a half scholarship from Wisconsin. So we meet in between. Uh, we're on the same floor in I think it's Fox Eldridge Valley three at Western Michigan. And we never really meet. My understanding from Mike is that he walks up to my door, uh, sees my name, uh, probably uh, is recruiting for a, uh, uh, the football team, not the uh, Western Michigan Broncos necessarily, but for an intramural football team. And he sees my nickname, Johnny Ram. And he tells the story from his perspective, obviously. But, you know, he I think he, he he's wondering, how the heck is this guy nicknamed Johnny Ram? And uh, I'll let the, maybe Matt or uh, certainly I, I can share the story too. But we, we start a relationship at that time that goes on to, uh, to today where he ends up being my best man in my wedding. Uh, we literally uh, bond. We don't room together until our senior year when I'm actually able to get out of the uh, the dorm rooms at Western. But um, 
you know, it's just, he never played football um, at college. He was a great athlete in high school. And we just shared each other's uh, lives together. He was my release from the tensions of football. We took same classes together. We had the same medical, uh, kind of biomedical degree before he went into accounting and I went into football. So we shared a lot of classes together. And just a quintessential relationship you want to have when you go to college, you meet somebody who uh, compliments your life and uh, vice versa, we hope, and just carry it on all through life. And that's the way it should be. And, you know, our family and their family have been friends uh, since, uh, seen our kids raised. There's been times when, you know, uh, we've lapsed from communicating, but... Uh, like you said, not long. You're a year at the most, and we just reconnect. Uh, and certainly we're there for Mike now as he's going through this uh, big challenge with ALS and the support and love that we can provide. And I, when I hear you, you know, you, you make the trip down there as often as you can and you spend time with Mike and I've seen the pictures of you guys getting to go for a walk and reminisce. It's really cool. And like I said, what I love about that story is, you know, Mike's coming in and, hey, you want to play intramural football with us? And John, being as polite as he could, said, well, you know, hey, I'd love to, but uh, I'm kind of on the Western Michigan football team and I can't really play intramural with you. Well, my with, with me, John, Mike had told me, um, I, matter of fact, I spent his one picture of me like I just sent you yesterday and it was funny because this is right before you and Mike met it was before Mike's freshman year of college and it was right after my my it was right after my freshman year and Mike, Mike and I were talking and then during like I think shortly after orientation when you guys went or something Mike had mentioned that he had met a guy that was going to be playing football and mentioned your name and hey keep an eye on him and then you know the guy Two years later, I'm talking to Mike. On, I don't know if it was on a phone or whether we were at maybe a Thanksgiving dinner or something. And I go, Mike, um, your friend is like one of the best players in the in the Mid American Conference. And from what I'm seeing right now, he's probably going to be playing on Sundays eventually out of Western Michigan. Not heard of, but it was just a real cool story. You're maintaining friendship, and again, Mike John has always spoken so incredibly highly of you as a person, individual, and as a good friend in his life. And it was really cool to see the best man is winning now transitioning over and i and i want to talk with mike's family about this as well but also john when you first got the news about mike because i know when i did it was surreal you know because you just you think of people and not that anyone deserves anything like this it's it's, it's such a horrific disease but you know mike sure like i might know mike and i'm guessing you got to be a similar person to him to be that good of a friend of his but Mike is one of the most selfless, incredible people I've ever known in my life. And uh, when I first heard it, it was surreal to me. It was like, not nah, Mike, you know, this can't happen to Mike. I mean, really? I mean, of all people, he's such a good guy. So for me, it, it took a couple of days to really set in, like, no way, there, this has got to be wrong. What was it like for you, John? Well, Mike is actually the second man in my wedding party that came down with ALS. Yeah. And um, so I had, uh, first of all, I agree with you. You know, you see a good friend have, um, uh, you know, challenges with sickness. You're not, it's hard to diagnose. You're, you're seeing someone you love just struggle. And, you know, as an athlete, we go through pain and, and physical injury, but something was different here. And to finally get the news that it was ALS was crushing, obviously for his family, but for his friends too, it's it's really a hard, um, 
it's a hard sickness to, to, to understand and support because my understanding is Mike's brain is as fast and firing as it ever was. And I can testify to that because he would fill my sentences, complete my thoughts, my whole life. He would oftentimes know more about me than I could re recollect. So to, to know that he still has that ability, but then, you know, loses the function of speech and loses so many of the other bodily functions that, um, you know, you grow up and take for granted. So it was crushing. But for the second time, I have had the support and uh, love through an ALS situation that it's just just the, the hardship of that um, two to three to four years and just supporting that is something that um, I, I'm actually kind of thankful I've had the opportunity to do because uh, you know, it's hard for people to, I think, just reconcile relationships when somebody goes through a challenge so hefty as uh, an ALS. And so, you know, I just love Sherry and Matt and, you know, the, the family. Um, but but don't get me wrong. Mike is the man who um, has made such an impact in my life. And I just love him and I can do whatever I can to support him. And I, I think that's what this is all about, too, is it's just trying to reach out and tell people there's a Sheer Strong GoFundMe page and um, supporting him and the, and the cost of just uh, his lifestyle right now is, is so huge. And in any way, um, that's a huge opportunity for the Sheer family to, to receive your love. No, again, in, in John's words, the GoFundMe page is Sheer Strong. I'm going to spell it out for you. It's S-C-H-E-R. You know, we understand times are tight, the pandemic. Everyone has gone through such a tough time. But uh, there's nothing like the gift of giving to somebody that – so, you know, and if you know me as a person, I, I don't ask anybody for anything. It's, it's not really my nature to do that. But in this case um, – it, this is this is something that's worth it to me and and it's something that means that I want to do and, and help and if you if you knew how much it would mean and even to ALS in general to donate to ALS.org as well as other people and you know Steve Gleason we know of the New Orleans Saints and of course last night John Mike I don't know if you heard but here in Las Vegas last night or um, you know we got the new Steve Smith former fullback for the Raiders who I'm sure you played against John passed away last night of ALS at 57 mm -hmm. years old and um, it is just such a debilitating disease and Mike is fighting it every day and all the help that he can receive is so valuable and important and mike uh, john i wanted to, real quickly to, to get with mike um you know mike and i have so many great memories together of sports and things we got to do and something i'll never forget is you know when we were little kids we got to go attend tigers games at tiger stadium and uh some of my earliest memories are with mike and my grandfather at tiger stadium my papa high and uh we were sitting there this one game john mike and uh, you guys all remember it and uh all of a sudden we're at the, we're at the game and it's 1972 tigers are really good we're so excited we had these great seats and my grandfather next thing i was trying to cover both mine and mike's eyes and we look and right in front of us this we see a bare naked ass jump over the wall and start running towards left field a streaker and uh, that was the thing back then and mike and i we're both trying to look and evade my grandpa and the guy runs up to the left field wall and he racks himself trying to get over the fence and he kind of just keels over but one of my foot and my like mike and i probably talked about it for ages one of the greatest memories i don't know matt mike uh, you you remember that memory 
Yeah, he was he was mentioning it earlier um, when we were on the phone with you. Um, just the fact that he was he, he said between that and there's just so many memories, you know. He he really cared, but he found that it was hysterical, and he was just laughing about it. Oh, it's so funny if you knew my papa high just trying to block our eyes i mean it was just a special story and of course mike and i got to go to the alcs in 1972 we were little boys but uh for to be a kid and get to do that and experience it together and there's so many other times and things mike and i have done throughout our life said that i can remember growing up together that it's just a incredible memory and uh man sherry everything down there right now talk about right now some of the challenges for you and and why it is so important for people to donate to ALS and to help out Sheer Strong and you guys, I mean, it, it takes so much, not just the physical part of it and, and how much you have to do, but financially. Uh, Sherry. The yearly cost of the average ALS patient has gone from uh, about 150,000 to 250,000 for their care for a year. Um, Caregivers are not covered. It's strictly out of pocket. So it's Matt and I, you know, 24-7. And um, it's just, it's, you know, in 100 years, they have not found anything close to a cure or a reason why this is happening. Um, if you are lucky enough to do the uh, trial drugs, they're usually, it's not all doctors agree with giving you the trial drug by, you know, choice. You know the right to try but that's all out of pocket michael was on one that was uh, over 800 dollars a month i know other people that were on the same drug that paid you know well into the thousands per month and it's not covered by insurance it's all trial um but getting a hold of these drugs are very tough because they don't believe in the right to try and when you're dying you will try anything so, you know, open up the trials, let it be an open study because so many things cause it. Um, it's just, it's ongoing. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a tough deal because there's just, there's so many, they're, they're trying to find, like with, so put in kind of simple terms. So with cancer, you know that there's a mutation in the cell, like what causes it. They're still looking for that first chain reaction, which causes the reason why all of a sudden your body's going through this. And I mean, as, as John was saying earlier, his, his mind is sharp through all this. And it's, it's tough because I mean, a typical day for him, it's, you know, it, he's, he's got a, I mean, thankfully we actually through, uh, you mentioned Steve Gleason, he had a foundation that helps get a lot of equipment. Like I, you can't see it on the screen right now, but um, where the camera is up here, he's got a, um, speech device where he could type out and say like hey matt i need a drink hey mom or uh, sherry can you take me in uh to the other room for a second or something and just if he has an itch on his nose and so that's that's the tough thing about this disease is the fact that you know it you're sharp up here but everything else it, it's it, he, and it's the dependency that he needs and it, it's tough because mm -hmm. you know it's it's not just, you know, where you can just say, hey, I'm just going to stay here for a little bit. You guys can go and do what it's it's a constant need that he has to be constantly taken care of. There's no time where you can just say, hey, I can walk out and go do things. It's and it, 
not not that we have any problem with doing it. It's just that's how much care this really takes, and it takes a lot out of you. And there's, I mean, the, the and to find out that it's not just you know it, you think that you may be alone in this situation, but once we found out about my dad's ALS uh, diagnosis, just the fact that everybody was um, there, there's support groups that we have joined and just to find out how many people are truly going through this disease just really shows you just the fact that there needs to be an urgent effort, which there is, but there still needs, there's so much more to find out about this disease and uh, really getting the awareness out there. I mean, I, that's the one thing as I sit the rest of my life, I'm going to be that the best ALS advocate I can be because I don't want anybody to ever have to go through something mm -hmm. like this. Not exactly. a chance. Watching it firsthand is so, extremely, uh, I mean, John's had to do it twice now, which I, uh, I, I, I can't even imagine. Um, but now we've come across, you know, there was a teacher where Matt went to high school down here who started with bulbar because there are two different ways it affects you, whether it's bulbar right with your speech or it affects limb onset. Um, but either way, you know, I mean, we've come across so many people that there's so many people out there that have it, and yet there's so many doctors and people who don't even know what it is. So the fact that it's not, there is no awareness, you know, it's people don't understand it. And the equipment is becoming available, you know, so he can talk, he can drive his uh, wheelchair, you know, from the equipment, but, you know, it's not always covered by insurance. Insurance denies everything and just his computer alone was over thirteen thousand dollars and you know insurance gets to say how much they'll pay you know just like with his power wheelchair something that's called a lift that will raise him up to actually sit like at a bar type table because he doesn't fit under a regular table that is an extra i think twelve hundred dollars and the insurance companies say yeah it's not necessary so there's so many out-of-pocket expenses that, you know, the little things for comfort and every day, you know, so you can feel that you're still a part of society and that you're, you know, can interact with people. You know, it's just, they're available, but they're so expensive. It shouldn't have to no, be I totally way. understand. You are listening to Out of Line on Fox Sports Radio, 90.9 FM, 1340 AM. On the online with me is Mike Shearer, his wife Shearer, his son Matt and former Miami Dolphin great John Offerdahl, well, one of Mike's best friends, uh, all joining me. And again, we are promoting Sheer Strong. Uh, Mike diagnosed with ALS a few years back. Sheer Strong, Sheer is spelled S-C-H-E-R. It's the GoFundMe page, Sheer Strong. Also, please feel free to give donations to, to ALS in general. To, uh, you can donate to ALS.org and find out more about uh, um, ALS. So many things to get to. In a, and just so you know, Mike, how much I love you, uh, you're wearing a U of M blanket while I graduated from Michigan State and I don't allow people to wear a U of M clothing on my show and yet my love for you I have no issues with it whatsoever so uh funny and, and guys before we wrap everything up uh you know I want to make sure we promote this and and I want to say hi to all Mike's family out there who's been supporting him so much uh Jackie and John his sister his mother and my aunt Sissy one of the most incredible people on the face of the earth his sister Lori who's actually there visiting I got to talk with her this morning his brother Stephen who also lives out there uh, just a tremendous family uh and everyone is bonded together for mike as as if you met him you'd understand why 
Um, but before we go, one thing of humor. John mentioned a nickname, and I still haven't heard about this nickname, but it seems to play prominence because I've heard Matt and Mike mention it, John mentioned it. Tell me about the nickname before you go, how he got it, and what's the, what's the story behind it? All right, so the story is I have a very dominating, domineering mother. And uh, she had five kids, four older sisters and me. She was a little bit crazy. And uh, she went to a middle school basketball game of mine with a new hairdo. And it was uh, it was wrapped around both ears like horns on a ram. And all of my basketball friends were, were laughing at me while I was playing the game and saying, Johnny Ram, Johnny Ram. And I had no idea why until I sat down for a timeout and they said, look at your mom up in the stands. She looks like Mama Ram. So the way I played football probably helped propagate that. And by the time I went to college, I didn't have any other nickname other than Johnny Ram. So I put it out there. I hit like a Ram. And uh, Mike didn't get his intramural linebacker like he was hoping for. But I bet I would have been pretty good, Mike. I would have been. Hey, Mike, do me a favor. Since this, uh, we got a big game against the New York Jets, uh, give me one blink for a victory. Here it comes. Oh, I think I got it. I think I got it, Mike. Just I would, John, I would. He's not a Detroit fan as much as he is a Miami Dolphin. I stole his allegiance from him when he was in college. Well, John, I, I think he tells you that. But deep down inside, all of us Lions fans suffer together. We can't help it. And I was say. I give him a blink for a Lions victory, but I I don't want to see him not blink because I don't even I don't know when and if that's going to happen. They'll find a way to lose again this week. But listen, guys, all of you, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Everyone out there for listening today, I know Spencer's telling me we've got an overwhelming audience, and I really really appreciate that. Again, please find it in your heart, whatever you can give and donate to help ALS, to help my cousin Mike and his family out uh, with this unbelievable. Thing and struggle that they go through every single day of their life and just appreciate what you have and who you are even though i know we're all going through a tough time right now and society in the world isn't maybe where we want it to be or hoped it to be but you know what be very happy for what you do have take a look at my cousin because i guarantee inside of him he still feels blessed because that's the person he is so, guys, thank you again. Once again, it's Sheer Strong, spelled S-C-H-E-R. Give what you can. It will mean a great deal to the family. It'll mean a great deal to everyone. And I promise you, there's probably no more deserving person than I've ever known in my life than my cousin Mike. Guys, thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Great job sharing your platform. No, absolutely pleasure. And, John, I look forward to meeting you one day for sure. I've heard about you for years, so one of these days uh, we'll finally meet. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you all very soon. Spencer, pretty incredible, huh? I mean, it's, uh, um, you know, not a heartwarming form of story, and I'm not doing it for any other reason than I, obviously you know me, but, um, you know, the opportunity just to see Mike and spend a little time with him alone right there was pretty cool. Yeah, and I just wanted to say we had touched base yesterday about we were talking about doing the LS challenge, and it really brought things in perspective. Like, for a while, it was buzzing on social media. Everybody was talking about ALS. But when those TikTok trends or whatever trends it was at the time, and I think it was fine, uh, people forget about them. But ALS is obviously still going on. So it's so important that we keep it in the public eye and don't just keep it. You know, I think even at some point, the message got lost for ALS challenge. People just wanted to, you know, dunk 
ice on themselves. But no, this is a very serious disease and something that you know we should all be working towards finding a cure for. No question about it. It's uh, it's it, it's just been there for. And you know, uh, in the in the near future, you you might see me get a bunk, bucket of ice water dumped on me. It's even though it's a couple years old, uh, the challenge did so much for ALS awareness that I'm not trying to bring it back. I just feel like I should have probably done it years ago. So uh, check out my social media page. I'm going to commit in the very future. Since uh, running out of time here, I want to talk quickly about uh, course, the Bones, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, man, so much has happened with this team over the past month. You, it'll make your head spin. And, um, you know, a challenge today against Cincinnati, you took one on the chin from the Browns. As, as bad as the Raiders got beaten up last week by the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Browns took the same beating, or I should say the Cincinnati Bengals took the same beating from the Cleveland Browns. They come in here seeking to recover, as do the Raiders. Who comes out the winner? Yeah, I, I'm not liking the Raiders' chance. like excuse. Derek Carr just isn't playing up to par for a franchise quarterback right now, plain and simple. You know, I've gone. It seems like I go back and forth with him every week, but that's just you do. How he I plays. swear, I, I don't know what's going on. But that's how he plays. In he made that interception he had against the Kansas City Chiefs, where he basically threw a punt in the air. It's like that just can't happen, and he doesn't do that a lot of the times. Uh, he's going through a lot right now. I just don't think there's. It's just not a very talented team, and we knew that going into the season when Brian Edwards was slotted at wide receiver number one. We all knew this wasn't going to be a playoff team, and I think we're seeing that. This is an eight and nine team, the, the most definitive eight and nine team I think I've ever seen in NFL history. Yeah, well, eight and nine, that's better than I thought they were going to do at the beginning of the season. And then I've kind of changed, but I've gone back and forth with you uh, real quickly. Only I'll give you a one quick second to talk about it. But how is Bisaccia doing? Is he the coach of this team or do they need to go out and find one? I, I think it's time to clean slate, to be honest with you. I know they've done that so many times, and that's just kind of been the epitome of the Raiders franchise is constantly starting a new. Oh, I, I can we love his organization. He's not a head coach. I don't think he's ready to make those kinds of decisions. I think it's time to really bring in Eric Bieniemy and bring in some sort of modern sense to this team, to a new Las Vegas Raiders team. They won't have to cling to the past so much. Let's have a new identity and let's go forward. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, I think that that it is time to really change things up uh, here in Las Vegas and turn this Raiders team around real quickly. College football, obviously, most of you know, Oregon's not going to the playoffs, and Michigan State, if they had any hope, they're definitely not going. Ohio State better than I thought, or Michigan State worse than I thought, I'm not sure. But all I know is two quarterbacks, the guy that plays for Ohio State and the guy, the kid that plays for Alabama, stepped up as Heisman Trophy frontrunners yesterday. I don't have time to go into it today, but check out the statistics of both those guys. Bryce Young is the real deal, man. I mean, it's funny because every quarterback in Alabama, but you want to say it's the system? How could it be? Look what Mac Jones is doing in the NFL. It's not the system. It's the players that Nick Saban recruits and how he coaches them up. This kid's the real deal, and it's his first year starting, and he's breaking records at Alabama, 38 touchdown passes out of the year. He threw six in the first half yesterday, and Arkansas is no slouch. Hell of a game. Last thing I'll say, Sean, poor man, announced his retirement last night, really surprising his father threw a towel in the 10th round after he got knocked down in the second round. You got that tape real quick, Spence? Go ahead. This is what Sean Potter had to say last night. Prepared to retire. I was prepared to announce my retirement tonight. Uh, win, lose, or draw. Even if it was a draw, uh, we had a date. They were telling us we were going to have to do it again. I was not going to do it again. Uh, I am. I'm announcing my, my retirement right now. 
whatever it is, I don't believe it. I know you don't. He's 34 years old. You know how many fighters have said they're retiring at 34? There's something about getting hit in the head that fighters like. Sean Porter's a great guy, by the way. Lives here in Vegas. Real good friend with D.C. Martin. Goes on his show a lot. I wish him nothing but the best. But do I think he's retired for good? Nah, not happening. Listen, we're out of time. I want to thank Coach Dave Odom for joining the show. Mike Sherry and Matt Shearer. Can't thank you enough. And John Offerdahl for taking time out as well. Really appreciate all of you. Again, Sheer Strong is the GoFundMe pledge. Please help if you can. Thanks to Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski. 